0: Here we go, guys. Welcome back to the US Open Review. This is Season 3, Episode 20. And by the way, guys, we have a giveaway in this podcast, so make sure you stick around because at some point, we're going to be telling you how you can get your hands on a set of snake bite wedges. These are the Cobra snake bite wedges. A set of them because it's 50, 54, and
1: 58. Yes, very exciting. We both use these wedges uh, when we play, and they are
0: fresh, fresh. Speaking of playing, we played on Friday night. We, we did. We went and played Sandy Way. Now, I played here a few times, Josh, but this is the first time you've ever played there. Yeah,
1: it's mega. It, it, it's tree lined. It's. Gives you. The, some of the rough gives you a bit of like. That linksy feel where it's like reasonably tall but thin. It just seems to have a bit of everything. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, we only played eight holes um, just, just to get out. But it was challenging. A few blind shots you like the second hole was a par five and we were advised to hit iron off the tee and I was like what what? But then you understand obviously you learn the course and you get to know the course a bit and you understand why but it's just mega. Like not much room for error I'd say. No room for error. You've got to be in the right places. Um but and and with the, the how with how firm it's been and how we've had very little rain it was so difficult to get the ball to stop on the green.
0: Yeah, like, if you were out of the rough, what no matter how thick it was, it was literally landing middle of the green. Like, I think on the sixth, you hit a shot from yeah. the rough. Middle of the green, lovely sort of 9-9 from 150 yards. Yeah. Pitch middle of the green, like, near the flag, went over the back, made the ball.
1: Yeah, where, obviously, on A, when it's a little bit softer, that would sort of hop and stop kind of thing, because it's coming in from height. But also... Probably if you're from the fairway, but it was just so difficult coming out of that rough. But it's a test, it's a challenge. Um and yeah. You drove it, was it well, mega. I'd say that. On I the did.
0: first, wow.
1: Yeah, drove it nicely. First and the eighth. Um wedges were a little bit a little bit to be desired really. But... Actually,
0: I've got usually this is chop of the week if you're a regular listener, if you're not like um this is the bit where we sort of throw each other under the bus. I'm gonna throw under the bus here. I've just remembered. You mentioned the par three, seventh. Yeah. Right. So, when you're on a par three, you've got a chance to tee it up. No matter if that's four iron, six iron, eight iron, seven iron, or wedge. This donut decides not to tee it up. I was being lazy. Yeah, so you hit your <laughs> first one, terrible. Hit your second one, lovely. I know I did.
1: I was just being lazy. Um, you know what Matt Wolf says? No tees on par threes. So Matt Wolf says.
0: Matt Wolf has equally earned probably about $10 million playing golf. So I think he has a justification.
1: Probably more than that. <laughs> but yes, he does. <laughs> um, no, I was just being lazy. I, I do normally tee it up regardless of the club that I'm hitting. But it was only a wedge and yes, I did wang my first one.
0: Now, we also have an update. We are playing golf this Friday at Kedleston Golf Club. Now, this is an England golf championship venue. It's also an open qualifying series. So that's basically episode uh, episode series one so basically in the uk and across the world you have qualifying and this is known as regional qualifying you have to get through regional get to final which is then local to the venue this is one of the regional series qualifiers now it looks absolutely insane like i'm just looking at the pictures here the scorecard give you how it measures so off the blues it measures seven thousand yards Okay. Off the whites, it measures 6,700, which reference, Josh, is about Mottrim's Trim's length. Yeah, that's right. I mean. And um, then off the yellows, it's 6, four, and off the reds, it's 5,7. It is a par 72.
1: Nice. I'll be getting nowhere near that. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it, actually. So, is this the equivalent of
0: when you did qualifying at Hollingwell? Exactly that. Okay, so is it, is it there this year, is it, or is it? I think it is there this year again. The, this is a reason why it's a qualifying series. Um, I'm trying to get some pictures of the course for you. Um, it
1: looks, it looks like there's a lot of water. Yeah, I, I was thinking noticed. the
0: course. Um, uh, recent improvements, course update. Mm.
1: I'm just. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to take plenty of golf balls with me. Um, but have, have you ever played there?
0: No, never played here before. I'm just going to find you some images. Of, it it of, does
1: look pure. It
0: basically looks like an old country estate. Yeah. And it's got like a, um, a stately home on it, a lot of water. Uh, and yeah, we'll give you a bit of an update once we have played, which is Friday. So next week's podcast and Monday evening, which will be up next Wednesday, as they are every single week, we'll update you of what the course played like, how it played. And here's Josh for you they have qualifying, a regional qualifying, I think next week. So.
1: Does that mean we're going to be playing? No, no,
0: off? this Sunday. This Sunday. So all the boards will be up. Are we um... going to be playing off mats though? No. Hopefully not.
1: Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Both. That's just done on you there, on it. Couldn't adds. be off mats. <laughs>
0: no, no we'll be off mats. No, no, no. No. Grass is growing, man. Look at the sun's out.
1: Yeah, I know, but we're playing Friday and it's on Sunday. <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> I'll see. be surprised. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it though either way, it'd be brilliant.
0: Yeah, and yeah, well I, I am as well. I did a bit of practice yesterday and father's day and my dad and I made it alright. Oh did you?
1: Bit of Sneaky practice.
0: Hang on, you're the man that plays more golf than me.
1: Yeah, I'm playing Wednesday night. What are you playing? Um, it's just the hotel country club place in Darlington.
0: Oh, you're be saying playing with Dave, aren't you?
1: Yes, yes. Um,
0: so Dave's really going to want his lesson tomorrow night?
1: Potentially, but it is going to be a little bit it now.
0: Yeah, hopefully it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, so it's a major week um, on the back of a major week, which is the US Open at Los Angeles Country Club. First off, what a performance by Wyndon Clark! He wins by one shot at minus ten ahead of Rory McIlroy, which is unreal.
1: It is very impressive. He's been on tour since 2017, um, and this is his second win since since first turning pro. And he actually won about a month ago at Wells Fargo. So, so is, this a a good that, month.
0: is this a surprise? Is this a surprise? I'm going to say is for me. Yes,
1: I don't think he's not a name that you'd. Well, we didn't pick him, did we? Um, he's not a name that you'd expect to be up there, I don't think. And that's not doing him a disservice, but you look at some of the players around him, they're more recognisable names. But fair dues to him, he's moved up to 13th in the world, fourth in the FedEx Cup, and his total earnings this year, well, his total earnings on tour are 15 million, or just over 15 million, of which just over 10 million has been earned this year.
0: That's unreal. When you think about it. That is unreal. What yeah, a year. Exactly. What, what a month, like you say.
1: Well, a month, yeah. So he won the Wells Fargo on. I think it was the f- first weekend in May, I mm. think. And then obviously, what we're okay. So a month and a bit, but very, very, very impressive. Um, and do you know what? He was just really good. Now I read the Drives it a mile. Well, the
0: commentator said he's got. He thinks he's got. This commentator said he's got a big game as in a sense of one that can compete and he believes he's got a big game sort of attitude as well. Yeah. In a sense of like, he's not like a rabbit in a headlights being that high up a leaderboard. Also, right. Another no performance, Tommy Fleetwood.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Mate, the guy was on for close record.
1: He was, he was. And then the curse, the commentator came and struck him down again, yeah. but he, he was brilliant the final day. Um, and that's another good thing for, with it being a Ryder cup year, these guys, I know. Obviously, Wyndham Clark's not necessarily. You're gonna be being 13th in the world. He's not necessarily gonna be a straight getting in. But if he's in, in form, there's no reason why he, why he can't be a captain's pick. And you'd expect Tommy Fleetwood to be getting into that Ryder Cup team. And if he can hit some form, happy days.
0: Tommy Fleetwood would be a certain. I
1: reckon. Oh, he w- he'll be in without without. Yeah. He won't be picked. Do you know what I mean? He'll get in on points. Yeah. of course he will. But um, yeah. Back to Wyndham Clark, he was brilliant with the putter. He was brilliant um, with his driver off the tee. I mean, on the last, he, he looked like he absolutely whanged it, but was like right edge of the fairway, and he looked really disappointed with himself. But he was he was class. Um, and there's a bit of bit of a backstory behind the bit in the sense of like his family. So his mum, he dedicated the victory to his late mother who died in 2013. Um, and before she passed away, she wanted him to play big and that's what she used to say to him, play big, and this has stuck with him ever since and even to the point where I think he's I think Ricky Fowler's it's been talked about that he's a bit of an idol, kind of thing, like. So he went through the same sort of process of college golf and and things like that. And at the end Ricky Fowler put his arm around him and sort of said, Your mum would be proud if she was here and things like that and I think that's obviously like classy as anything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's but, what
0: I mean. Especially when his space is the fact that he's just sort of lost the US Open. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but congratulations to Wyndham Clark. Absolutely brilliant performance. And he, he stuck through, stuck at it. He wasn't... He was always up there, but wasn't at the top like Ricky Fowler was. I think
0: that's always a better way to win.
1: Come from behind.
0: Yeah, well, just a sense of like going out there leading in the final round. I know he was tied first, but there's a lot less pressure being tied first than there is being solo leader.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd agree. I think if you look back to the Masters... Brooks Kepka said, didn't he? He went out to try and defend a lead as opposed to try and win the tournament. Mm. And um, maybe that's struck Ricky Fowler down a little bit. He went out to sort of defend and, and maintain where he was rather than just attacking the golf course as he had. But we'll talk about Ricky shortly because we need to talk about Rosie McElroy.
0: Right. What's happening to Rosie? Eh?
1: No, I think I'm going to go against the norm. Here. I'm going to say it's another good result for him.
0: I agree. I don't think he's actually lost this. I think someone a better person today has taken it from him.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like we we've spoke about this before. We hold Rory in this such high esteem, and he should be winning these majors. Should be winning these majors. I'm not being funny. What was his second in the Open last year? Mm. He was top five at the Masters, something like that. Something like that. Um. He was up there at the PGA. He was he's just come second at this. Do you know what I mean? Like any other golfer, and it's like bloody hell, what what year he's having? But just catch Roy McIlroy. Everyone's like, "Oh well, he finished second again." Yeah, he did. But actually, he, he had—he had one bird, one birdie, and one bogey on the final round. The rest were pars. He shot nine under par. He was only missed that by one shot. I wouldn't say his putter let him down. I'd say his approach probably let him down. Because I think the stat was, and I may be wrong with this, but on the Saturday, his maximum footage on putts was something like forty-one foot.
0: As in, like the longest putt he had on the day.
1: No. As in, like his maximum footage for the day. Can't be. Was forty-one foot. Can't be. Apparently so. And then his. That's
0: got to be the his longest putt he had. You think about it logically, right? You, you let me explain why I think that can't be true. You have a fifteen footer on the first, you miss it, you tap it in, there's sixteen feet total. Do the same on the next hole of fifteen footer, right? There's thirty two feet. Thirty one feet. You're already at thirty one feet after two holes. Yeah, well that's it that's if you have that those reasons. Mate, rings he's like... not hit it inside. Hold on. He's only have hit it inside an average of five feet. He didn't shoot course record, did he? Can't hold on. be. Hold on. That's that I'm look at this. Stat man letting us down this week, guys. I'm trying no, to find good. it. Just on the Rory, though. So, obviously, Rory has had a very, very good year. Take into account the fact that he's not won a major. But think, what is coming up next? Coming up next is the Open Championship. Now, the Open Championship, last time it was back at Hoylake. So, Royal Liverpool. Hoylake is what it's known for sure. This is where Rory McElroy won. Now, if we wind back 10 years ish to when he won the Open Championship. If he'd been going into this event in this form, would have been like, oh, he's odds on to win. I bet he's going to win it. I bet he's going to win this week. I bet he's going to win the Open Championship. Now, because we expect him to win every single major, we're going to, oh, another disappointing week. Oh, another disappointing week. I think Josh has hit the nail on the head here. I don't think he's going to be going into the Open Championship, which is just over about four or five weeks away, down the dumps. I think he's going to be thinking, my game's good. I got beaten by someone good, better than me this week. But, but... I'm feeling good going into a place where I know I've won before.
1: Yeah, and I agree. I think, well, I mean, we we said this last year about Rory and we say it every time about Rory. I think he will, he's guaranteed to be up there just because of the performances that he's, he's having. Um, I think he, I think he will get better again. So, you look at the Open last year and you look at the US Open this year, the guys have beaten him, haven't they? He's not, he's not thrown it away. They've, you know, they've come they're, and they're, they've, they've played better than him. He's not wanged it everywhere. No, around.
0: but the rhetoric was at the Open that he didn't hold enough putts. So he points out an opportunity but just couldn't convert. The putter went cold. And I guess you could sort of argue a similar foot. I know you're saying about the distance he's hit it and it a lot further away from the hole. But there's always something, and that's what the rhetoric is. But I totally agree. If that was the way around, right, and Rory had won and Wyndham Clark came second, we'd be saying, what a performance. Equally, go back 10 years, like I just said, on the, on the eve of going to Hoylake. If we finished second in the US Open in the eve of the Open, you'd be absolutely buzzing.
1: Yeah, and But
0: this is the thing. When you get to a certain level, you want more. The trouble is, and it's a little bit like if anybody watched Air, uh, People build Rory up, build Rory up, build Rory up to be something. Actually, he's he's that's superhuman. What we're expecting him to do, he's not that. He's human. He's exactly. had a bloody brilliant year, like, and if he goes and finishes top five at the Open, I mean, arguably you could say he's had one of the best seasons of his career so far.
1: Exactly, I agree. I think, but everyone's like you say, you hold him this high esteem, you give him this sort of put him on this pedestal, which I think he deserves to be on. He's he's one of the best golfers in the world, but it the rhetoric is just gonna be around another major is not worn, yeah. blah 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 and I'm fed up with it to be honest.
0: So have you found the stat or what?
1: No, I can't find it.
0: All I'm gonna say is it can't be forty one feet. I so think about right I can't find it. Do forty one divided by eighteen holes for me on your calculator right now. That's what I'm telling you. It's it inside two point two feet on average, on but average. I can't I can't, can't I Me, mean, I'm just
1: I I was told this. I'm that. shooting don't the messenger. Come, don't I'm shoot, shoot the,
0: messenger, shooting mate. the messenger. I would say, his longest footage from the hole on the longest put that he was had 41 was forty-one foot. feet.
1: That might be right. I don't know. I I. I'm...
0: Anyway, he's obviously not hit it as close, so something else is. Well, yeah, broke. that
1: was that. What seemed to be the issue on the Sunday was his approach play in the sense of he wasn't getting close to the hole. He was leaving himself long, long birdie puts, um, which. It's a tough golf course. Like the greens look ridiculous, um, but yeah, it. it look, regards to the start, he just didn't make enough birdies. He, but he didn't. He just didn't play bad. Do you know what I mean? No. He so, drove it unbelievably.
0: So Scotty Scheffler, also another very very good week from him. I mean Scotty Scheffler, we could argue that a tied four finish when we expect him a bit like Rory. We expect him to win if he's got a sniff of it, but. Um, I know from the troubles the commentator said. I think on Saturday he had maybe four or five driver heads on the range trying to find a driver. Yep. So he finished in a fourth place. Uh, sorry, finished in third at minus seven, one shot ahead of Cameron Smith, who finished at minus three around. Uh, is that right? Who f- carded a minus three final round? Sorry. Yes. To finish fourth. So overall, you have got some big boys who are just behind uh, Wyndham Clark. But yep. going back to Scotty Scheffler. Again, a very, very good performance. This guy is just steady, steady, steady. And again, going into an open championship, you cannot rule him out. But it's interesting, right? You look at Scotty over the last four or five weeks, you're probably thinking, God, he's driving it well. Inside, he's thinking about bloody hell, I need different driver heads here.
1: Well, this is the thing like, how good is this guy when we talk before the, or we, on Saturday for you guys when it came out. Friday, Friday for us, we... Oh, Thursday for us? Friday for us. Friday. We talk about how he is struggling with putter. We talk... And then all of a sudden he's struggling with driver. Mm-hmm. There's a video of him throwing his driver on the range. Like, but he's still finishing third. How good must you be to to have that... To to not be playing well, not be happy with your game, but still finishing third? I like, agree. Like, honestly... I just we we speak about him all the time because he's always up there, and the the reason why he's obviously always up there is because of how consistent he's been, how how well he's been playing. But for him to be playing badly, mm. in his opinion, yeah, and and arguably the stat show he's putting hasn't been brilliant. But for him to be playing badly and finishing third in a U.S. Open is unreal, mad.
0: Also, another notable performance. I mean, I tipped Dustin Johnson. I thought he was gonna. Have a good weekend. He Couldn't finished. No, nah, he finished. Sunday. He finished tied tenth again. Still a very good performance. And you know what? Fair play to Matt Fitzpatrick. I mean, finishing tied seventeenth. I think it is a very very good defence. And one noticeable other performance here is from Jordan Smith, English guy. He qualified at Walton Heath. He finished in tied twentieth. That's gonna do so many good things for his world ranking position. They're the events that you can really capitalise on it. Okay, back to Ricky Fowler now. I am so happy to see that this guy is back in the fray. Like, if you go back over a year ago, he was 180th in the world, or 183rd in the world. Going into this week, he was 35th in the world, and now he's 17th in the FedEx Cup rankings.
1: So, so he's moved up to 35th in the world Sorry. now. I think he was FedEx, about about se- 60th, 70th, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: like I said, over a year ago, out on the top 180.
1: Yeah, like, just unbelievable. And on Friday, Thursday, I sent you the picture now, the scoreboard like Ricky Fowles seven hundred parts or something like that. No, I'm gonna be honest. Par, whatever was.
0: I saw his opening round and I thought, Yeah, he's gonna do it once, it's not gonna be that and fair play he was there the whole way.
1: Yeah, he led from first round to the final round in essence. Um and it's so good to have him back. His swing's slightly different. He's made change. He's working with um, Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon. Have now. you seen a difference in position? Yeah. So
0: he's gone from being like really laid off, yeah. and quite a unique looking swing to like sort of like an Adam Scott very traditional yeah. swing. Yeah. And Adam Scott obviously, um not obviously, but was also taught by Butch Harmon and maybe still is. But it's amazing to see the position of where he's gone from. I mean, quite seriously laid off, very yeah. flat a very very nice looking golf swing now which you'd probably young kids that go oh i want to swing it like that
1: exactly so the, the more traditional looking mm. swing for those it when we say laid off like the the driver with driver for example is the easiest club to see it with it looks very shallow at the top doesn't it yeah, that's like the if that makes sense like
0: if you imagine you're standing to target and your your your, your left shoulder as a right-handed golfer is pointing to target at your address position it's like pointing behind your back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Rather, rather than rather sold than...
0: the club point to target.
1: Exactly. Um, so those changes obviously worked um, and he was unreal the whole weekend. I, it's one of them where I was actually a little bit gutted um, because you feel like he deserves it. I agree. I don't that. know why. Like, Obviously, he's been struggling the last year, two years. He had all the beef with Fowler around the Masters. And if he carries on to be in the Masters next year, it's just going to be... Be brilliant. He led for three or four rounds. He's um he became the first player to ever card a sixty two in the US Open, which was then matched shortly after, literally the group behind Alexander Chaufley. Um he's had he had eighteen a record eighteen birdies through thirty six holes.
0: So is back for good?
1: Yeah. I think so. I think his mind's in the right place. I think he's
0: I'm gonna say that, Josh, this is his second career. Yeah. I'm gonna and this is I'm going and there's the reason why I'm saying this, right? Ricky Fowler, when he came out of college, was tipped to be the next big thing in the likes of Jordan Spieth sort of career in the likes of Justin Thomas. They're all very good friends. Now, Jordan Spieth Justin Thomas have sort of pushed on. They've won more. They've won majors. Yeah. Multiple majors, in fact. Um, whereas, Ricky didn't quite do that. But, I think the problem with Ricky was, when he was young, he made so much money off course, maybe he got a little layweight. I'm sort of, sort of uh, hypothesizing here. Yeah. But... I'm going to say something's changed. I mean, he's a father now. And he, for me, is starting his career over. In the sense of, right, when you're tipped to be that good, you've got the world and the pressure on your shoulders. Some people can get it, some people can't. He did okay. Well, he yeah. did very good. He had a yeah. very good first career, if you're calling it. But now, I just think the way his swing is, it's like a new swing, new Ricky. And I'm going to say, right, I'm going it here first. I reckon he wins a major before he retires.
1: I think he does as well. I mean, he, he isn't struggling, the lad. So he's earned career earnings on the PJ Tour of forty-six and a half million dollars.
0: I think what he's earned off course though.
1: Yeah, and he's earned the fa- best part of five and a half million this year. Um, what, this you- seven tournaments I'd say, this year? Uh, I can tell you how many he's played this year, I think. Uh, no, I can't, but I can tell you that this year he's had one second place, uh, he's had seven top tens, he's had 13 top 25s and I always played eighteen events, um, and he's made sixteen cuts. So, so very, two cuts this very year. consistent. Yeah, very, very good. Um, so yeah, hopefully back for
0: good. Fingers
1: crossed he can push on and, and win an event.
0: So some disappointing news, I would say, from the USJ's point of view. Now, I did we did a video about this on Bat Nine Films, our YouTube channel, and I think this is a good time to talk about it before we go into this. Um, our sponsor, yes, Scottsdale so, Golf.
1: This is brought to you by Scottsdale Golf, where you can get same day custom fitting on golf clubs and you need to get booked in it's just off the limb interchange or near the limb interchange on the m6 um you can go be fitted and collect the clubs the same collect the clubs the same day get your words out josh it's UK. now i
0: know i mentioned one giveaway about the wedges we've also got another giveaway coming which i'll tease now we're giving away a chance to have a spend of 529 pounds on a driver somebody, and they can go and get fitted if they want to.
1: £529, let's say precise.
0: I think that's basically what a, a, a driver's co- the cost like a, these days. Yeah, yeah. a lot like a, wow. a Callaway or a yeah. TaylorMade. Yeah. Um, obviously, a Cobra's a bit cheap, but yeah, that'll be coming out in the next few weeks on Ooh. both channels, so, and uh, keep your ears out as well. So, But let's talk about um, the first part I want to talk about here is tea times. Now, obviously, like if you're listening to this podcast in the UK or even further to the east, you'll realise how bad it was to watch.
1: Oh so we are talking about this today. Like it's it's always a pain, obviously, for us when when the golf's played in America. Of course it is, you're staying up late, but when the final group are teeing off at half ten oh, at night. Oh the matches finishes about half eleven. Right? Exactly. That yeah. When it's west coast and the final group are teeing off at half ten at night here, it's just ridiculous. Like what they finished at half two but, in the morning for but, us.
0: So it's interesting, right? So Wyndham Clark obviously won. Yes. On Saturday he was sl- Saturday evening, he was slating the USGA for the fact that they could have gone off an hour and a half or two hours earlier because it's a shortened field. They didn't put him off till about 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. And they were finishing in the dark. He said, Ricky's bogey on 18 or 17, and he missed a few puts because of the fact that the depth perception, the light went flat. Now, you might think, oh, that this is pre us. No. No. Yeah, it's okay to hit a drive, it's okay to hit 157-9, but when you're talking about undulated greens, when you've got to be intricate from 50 yards, over a bunker, downhill putts, like, his caddy was like, just lag it near the hole, we just can't, just, just make sure you're two putt, don't try and hold it, just get it near the hole, and that shouldn't be the case, now I know in this case, obviously Wyndham Clark's won, but the USA have got to do a better job of
1: that. 100%, like, it's, the game's hard enough, in okay. my opinion, the game is hard enough, especially on greens like that, like, and when they're rough like it is, like the players were struggling to stop the ball on the greens from the fairway, never yep. mind from the rough. So, if you then can't read a putt, come on USGA.
0: So, what did you make of the venue, Josh? Before we go into the point that Matt Fitzpatrick has made,
1: um it was obviously a mega golf course. You got a was bit it of ev- though? Was it though? I think so. You got a bit of everything, but it just wasn't your your standard US Open golf course. No, I think the fairways the- were a bit wider, rough was thick. But you yeah, had long par threes, short par threes, reachable par fives. Like the first was for like Rory it his drive three hundred eighty two yards down the first. Ridiculous par five. So um, as the golf course goes, I think it was difficult. I think some play- players found the greens really, really tough. Like, but I think we're talking almost like Masters tough because like obviously the Masters is, n- is notoriously hard when it comes to putting um the undulation on the greens and this sort of gave me that kind of vibe mm. from a green perspective not none of the rest of it but just the greens
0: i'm gonna say it was it's disappointing why so matt fitzpatrick's come out and, and basically said and i think a lot of people notice this all over twitter the fact that there wasn't much atmosphere and matt fitzpatrick has made a comment saying basically, i'm paraphrasing here that um it was quite quiet and you'd like to see more people come out now There's a few issues with this venue. Simply, Josh, number one, the footprint of the whole place is a lot smaller, right? Yeah. So that with a smaller footprint, you obviously can't hold as many people. Yeah. Also, it's very, very undulating, which makes it hard and actually dangerous in some places to hold lots of people. Again, reducing the field size. At some points, right, spectators couldn't get in close enough to about 150 yards away.
1: But how do the Masters manage it then? Because that's very undulating, very undulating.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think the fact that there's canyons and drops and cliffs and stuff, it's quite mountainous, apparently. Oh, uh, okay. So, but this is this bit that gets me. So, obviously, the course is what it is. But when surely the USJ are choosing a venue, these are things they take into account. So, smaller footprint, a little bit undulating, or well, very undulating, and quite dangerous underfoot meant that it's going to be smaller spectators. And the viewing wasn't very good. There's the fact that they're 150 yards away on some of the viewing points.
1: And it was dark.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But listen to this, right? So, there was 23,000 tickets available, right?
1: Which isn't a lot. No.
0: So, put this in perspective, you had about 30,000 at Brooklyn last year. You had 50,000 at Oakmont the year before. And that is ridiculously different. And that, that for me, that's what you want. You want as many general admission tickets. Now, out of those 23,000 tickets, 14,000 of them were for tented villages and um, like hospitality. Yeah. So the hoi polloi, we'll call them, right? Yeah. So that only leaves around 9,000 tickets for general admission. Out of that 9,000 tickets, Los Angeles Country Club took 4,000 to 4,500 reportedly. So actually, only four thousand tickets on offer. Now, this is a national championship. We want to have as many people viewing it as we can. Like, this could be the first time someone has viewed golf. Like, you might go and think, "Oh, you know what? National championship, U.S. Open. You know what? I'll go and do that." So that's like,
1: not. I'm sorry, that's not per day. That's over the week. Or is that per day? That's per day.
0: Right. Okay. It's just per day. Um. But what my point being is, like, if it's your first time going and it's quiet, you think, "Oh, god, can't spit crap." This. Like, we would might go to Wimbledon, let's say, because it's like. It's a big event. We don't really like tennis, but we'd go. Mm. And It might be our first experience. If it's good, we come back. Yeah. And that's the problem that they have. I don't think it's going to be a, wasn't a good experience. Now, I get right, Josh. This is why I get it. Because let's say Oakmont with 50,000 on a weekend. Yeah. They have a percentage of which is going to be for hospitality. Yes. Percentage general admission. Yes. So those percentages are probably the same, but obviously the allocation is only 23,000. Yes. But surely you've got to skew it to where there's more general admission tickets so everybody can afford to go. Yeah,
1: you'd like to think so, but does it come? Does it play into the fact how how um, exclusive this place is? The membership there must have said you can only hold it here if yeah, but must don't hold it there then. Well, exactly. So I don't think you should have it there again. Well, to put it into perspective, this summer's Open Championship at Royal Liverpool, they're expecting an attendance. Of around 260,000 people over the week, over the week, as opposed to what just over 100,000 mm. like it's double, more than double. It's gonna be carnage, it is, but that's how it should be. Like, like look at St Andrews, look at how many people were there last year. Like, but if you like, you said, if the footprint's small, it's hard to get a number of people through. Like, I guess the footprint for the Masters, there's a difference, is massive, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah.
0: I just think they shouldn't have chosen the venue. Personally. i agree
1: i agree and if the players are coming out and saying that obviously last year's winner is coming out and saying that that says a lot
0: exactly says a lot so guys time to announce the wedge giveaway for tech talk yes so dead 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 easy make sure you subscribe to this podcast and turn on the bell notifications so you get notified every single time that we put a podcast up point number one point number two just leave us a review down below What your favorite episode is or favorite point on this, and actually even just a point on this, should it go back to LACC Country Club? That's Los Angeles Country Club, shortened. Very good. Um, They're the first two things. And finally, as many entries as you can on this, because the more times you share it, the more entries you get. Share this across any social media platform, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, your story, wherever, to be in with a chance of winning these three wedges. So nice and simple, let's repeat that subscribe on the platform and turn the bell to always get notified leave us a review down below in the review area on again whatever platform that you are and share across social media every single share will be a entry on the giveaway so you can really boost it up the more times you share
1: you'll get if you win you'll get your hands on a set that's right a set of three wedges i think
0: they're 50 54 and 58 degrees you should know you got the exact same ones you use
1: yeah fair um the cobra snake by wedges which are very 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 good looking clubs
0: so guys now time for tip of the week drum roll i was waiting for it
1: oh sorry mate go on then
0: thank you so i'm gonna go for tip of the week this week josh is re-gripping
1: re-gripping
0: not as that not as in re-gripping your golf clubs as in putting new grips on oh i mean re-gripping at the top of the swing or grip you... slipping you know like when yes. you have wear on like your padded area then yes. your thumb then inside your finger yes so here's an idea for you right grab your golf club if you've got one now or if you haven't this is a great one so put your normal glove on that you're wearing grab an old glove and just put that underneath the pad and between your pad and the golf club the idea is you try and keep the same constant pressure, not strangling it, same constant pressure on that little bit of a finger of glove that you've got under your pad throughout the backswing and downswing. This means then throughout the swing, you're not going to be re-gripping. I see it all the time, and that's why so many golfers wear out their golf gloves. Little so, simple tip, little simple hack, that'll really help.
1: So if I'm getting this right, so I'm holding my golf glove, I'm putting it in my left hand so if I'm right-handed golfer. You've already got your glove on. Yes.
0: Go and grab an, an old glove. Yep. Grip the golf
1: club. Yep.
0: And okay, take your right hand off, but leave your left hand on. Got you. Grab the other golf club out of your pocket. Yep. And place that just underneath the meaty, squishy bit of your glove hand, just the middle finger, so the rest of it's flapping around the wind.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: But the idea is you've got to keep the same constant pressure down that point. If the glove falls out, you know you'll be gripping.
1: Very good. And the last thing you want to do is re-grip it at the top of your swing because you end up shanking it. Fast. <laughs> I'm alright
0: you're not wrong there we go guys thanks so much for listening this is season 3 episode 20 good luck on the giveaway we will be back yes we'll be back next week at the same time but also don't forget right me and Josh have these discussions over on YouTube so come and join us this week we got a big talking point all around hybrids um, and this video will be out already so go and have a check that out go and have a check that out
1: love that see you next week <laughs>